0: Welcome to the shamelessly feminine podcast. I'm your host Jen Rosenbaum and I'm so excited today to have Rachel Jane Groover on the show. Hi Rachel. Is it Rachel Jane as like do I address you as hi Rachel Jane or is it Rachel middle name Jane
1: Groover? I'm so happy you're asking that because almost everyone in that I speak to gets it wrong and because <laughs> it's a little weird and I'm a little weird. So it sort of goes, it's Rachel Jane is my first name. Okay. And then my friends call me RJ. So okay. if we get to RJ, that's totally fine. All well. right, perfect. Well, I'm very happy to
0: have you here, Rachel Jane. <laughs> I, wanna, you know, I think getting somebody's name correct is very important. So that's it why is. I ask. People it are totally embarrassed is. to
1: ask, right? They get embarrassed. Uh, yes, and I get embarrassed to tell them you've got my name wrong, especially, you know, as I'm traveling a lot and people have known me like online and then they see me and they're like, oh, Rachel, like the first thing that doesn't want to come out of my mouth is uh, you've got my name wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah,
0: good. All right. So I'm glad we've established that. So I'm so happy to have you on the show today. You're the creator of the Art of Feminine Presence.
1: Yes. Ooh, tell us about that. Yeah, it's a training that I put together 11 years. We're in our 11th year anniversary this year. And I, it came out of some practices that I was doing back in you know, 2005, know two thousand and five, six, seven, eight, where I really found out, not happily found out, but realized that I was disconnected a lot to my feminine and didn't really understand what my feminine energy was. And I was having difficulties with men in relationship and attracting the attention that I wanted and all those sorts of things. And so I was starting to put energetic and physical practices to really, you know, sink into my feminine more and different type of man started showing up in my life and business was a lot easier. So I decided to teach a weekly class just in my living room because, mm-hmm. you know, I was just starting out and I found five women to, to join me and I called it the art of feminine presence. And then within about six months, there was 35 women coming to my living room every week for these practices because the few were going out and trying them, like practicing them on people. And everyone was noticing them very differently. They were responding to them very differently. And people were asking, what are you doing? And they'd say, I'm going to Rachel Jane's living room every week. So it started there. And within about a year, people were asking like, Uh, can I teach this as well? So I did a teacher training in my basement, you know, Mm. as you do, you're just trying to get things off the ground and it just caught like, Mm. like really strongly. So now we've had 12,000 women go through the training, Mm. um, in most, you know, parts of the world. And it's, it's really, I, I think it's, it's struck, like, as you know, with your work, the feminine is so important and, how how do you embody that? But it's also a doorway for women's spiritual awakening and for their psychological health. You know, if people have gone through a lot of trauma usually of being seen and putting themselves in the spotlight and judgment and you know, a lot of women want to be seen, but then they don't really want to be seen because there's that fear of that. So I out of feminine presence is like wrapping you know spiritual physical energetic and of course the feminine all in one and it's 44 practices that we that we teach now in a in a training wow that's unbelievable so you, you gave us a lot of information there so i want to break it down just a
0: little mm-hmm. bit let's start with the feeling disconnected from your feminine what does that look like how does that show up in people's lives so if the, if you give us some examples and maybe we say oh yeah you know what i I'm, I'm that's i'm suffering from that that's what it is i didn't know what it was
1: Yes, yes. Well, for me, in relationships, it was, oh, I've got to match a man with my intellect. Like, that's the most important thing. I've got to um, not need anybody, be very independent. And so, you know, on the dating experience, I'd sort of be there and like, Don't treat me like I'm just a, you know, a girl and I can match you intellectually. And I just was really forgetting about my body and my energy and the attractive nature of the feminine. So it showed up in conversation, a little bit of competition with men. Mm -hmm. Uh, It also showed up in feeling like I didn't need anyone. Like Mm -hmm. somehow being receptive Mm -hmm. and needy and asking for support was uh, not being a strong independent mm. woman. And so I cut off my ability to receive. So I was not receiving a whole lot of support in my life. I was not receiving much money at all. Uh, I was obviously having issues in relationships and you know, the receptive energy is so feminine mm. that it's really, it, it just got, got cut off. Um, and I think to burnout, like when i have always been a doer and ambitious, but I've, not really been able to have that work in my life because I'm a bit scared of the ambition and scared of the success. But when I was doing it, I just worked my tail off and got burnt out and stressed out. And because I was neutralizing, I was just in my neutral, I was in my masculine energy. And so over the time learning that, yes, it's it's helped me in my marriage and have an amazing marriage now, but it's also helped me you know, we've had multi-million dollar business here. I'm about to start another business retreat center. I've got lots of things going on and I am the healthiest, Mm. less stressed person I know. Mm. And that's a lot because of being able to keep the embodiment of the feminine Mm. through that work experience.
0: You mentioned, um, the, That the masculine also what what, how does the masculine versus the feminine show up in somebody's life? Because I think that that's another thing that we are so disconnected with. Actually, is the masculine side, and I think the same for men, Mm -hmm. right? Men, Mm -hmm. uh, it's sort of a uh, you know they say, oh, you're uh, in touch with your feminine side, which usually Mm -hmm. typically means the weak you know, sorry, emotional side, which is so sad. Right, so, <laughs> right. How yeah, do we, that's how do I we go up with the, you know, in touch with our masculine side and what does that look like and how does it tie into the feminine femininity or the feminine side?
1: Yeah. Well, it's a interesting conversation because everybody I think on the planet has a different version of what feminine means and what masculine means. And so in the art of feminine presence, we actually pull apart feminine and masculine to yin and yang as separate things so we can really get clear on what the yin and yang aspects of life are which most people would think of masculine as yang and feminine as yin but let's take feminine and masculine out of it and you go okay so there's yang aspects of um, the sun and direction and action and outward and um, logic and peak experience and all of these things and on the yin side, you've got Um, more emotional. You've got the winter time, you've got the internally intuitive sustainability versus peak experience and on we go. Mm. And what I've found is that's got nothing to do with being feminine or masculine. Like we, we (laughs) want to lump it all in, like just because you're the yang you're in your masculine and just because I'm in my yin, I'm in my feminine, that's actually hurts women and men to Mm. lump it all together. So, with the masculine and the feminine, I call it the masculine feminine essence, which is the energetic aspect of your physical and energy body. Mm -hmm. And are you running your energy and your physicality with a feminine flow or a masculine flow? Mm -hmm. So, me and my husband are good examples. We're very balanced with yin and yang, which increases happiness, magnetism, ease. Receptivity, all of those things, but you meet him. He is balanced yin and yang, and he has got a strong masculine essence. I mean, his his chest and his shoulders—he's running masculine energy through his body. And Mm. I am just as balanced. I get a ton of stuff done. I'm very good at relaxing and all of that. But I run my energy through the feminine, Mm. and that's what keeps me productive and happy and healthy. But I can really sink in, which is more in the hips and more in the lower body versus sort of up here in the shoulders. And there's other things that we teach, but it's, it's helping women get, get them separated because Mm. most women that come to Art of Feminine Presence are wanting to be seen and be heard and be the most magnetic person in the room so they can make that impact. And they have to have the balance. And a lot of women think, oh, I'm coming to Art of Feminine Presence to have more feminine and actually They're quite feminine, but they don't have enough Yang. They don't have enough like life force going on. So their balance is off. So their balance is off. Yeah. So
0: how do you, you know, I talk about the podcast is called shamelessly feminine, right? I love that. Thank you. And one of the things that I talk about in what I do in my work is I help women discover their unique femininity and celebrate that because there is not one cookie cutter way of being a woman. So how do you do that when you run a seminar, when there's multiple women in the room, how do you help them define their own unique femininity?
1: Yeah, I love that. That's a great question. So we, we usually start off day one with a practice where everyone's walking around the room, and I'm giving them cues to feel the feminine neutral, like asexual and masculine in their body, Mm. just to feel like it's not, it's not a cultural overlay. It's not a, this is how you should do this, but just some cues physically and energetically. And it's funny, like 98, 99% of the room. Go straight into the feminine, but it looks it looks similar, but it looks different on every single woman. Mm-hmm. You know, so the similarities are what we look for first, which is, um, you know, lower lower body hips are more active. Not like they're swinging like a crazy. You know, oh, I'm so sexy. You know, yeah. not that, but just you know, like I'm in my hips, I'm feeling grounded, and then the. Um, When they're all in it, touch, sensuality, like the whole room starts to have more open awareness and sure things that you've talked about, like they start to see that without any cultural overlay. So we start there. And then what's what's probably the most powerful aspect of Art of Feminine Presence is when a practice is done, then the woman is witnessed in that. Mm -hmm. Because most of us, if I asked you know, do you know what your feminine looks like and feels like if you walked into a room? Like, do you know what the the 20 people in the room would say your feminine looks like? Most women, like, I have no clue. I don't know. But each practice is witnessed. So after the practice, one or two or sometimes five women in a very safe container, appreciate and share what actually they saw in the feminine. And over the weekend, they are hearing the same thing, Mm. which is hugely confidence producing. Because if someone had told me, you know, asked me that question, I'd be like, I don't know. But Mm. I've just heard words like, you're like this sort of pixie angel Mm. that's so light and and compassionate, but it's got this life force. And I hear that the same pixie angel thing Mm. that's um, compassionate and light and and that's different to another woman who, who hears, oh, she's a queen and she's mm. she should be sitting on a throne. And it's so funny, like we all see the same thing. So then it builds from there.
0: Well, what I love about that is that um, you know I find through my work that women tell themselves lies. Like they think that they know who they are, mm. but you can't read your label from the inside. So then you you sort of make up this like this is what I think I am, and you convince yourself of these things. Usually they're not always good things. Yes. And then, Uh, And now when somebody else is witnessing you in a certain way and they tell you that over and over, it's the same thing with me. When I capture you with my camera and you're seeing something different, that's actually the truth. So now you can start believing that.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, the photography is that without needing anyone, like they can, they can be seen in a different way and it's undeniable. Yeah. They, they see it. It's there. um and so that's why we do it over and over and over again because if we just had like two or three witness practices in the weekend it wouldn't do it but it's this continuous repetition obviously there's a lot of tissues in the room as they're getting this (laughs) sort of over and over love but that's also part of the receptivity can you allow yourself to fully be seen versus what you're saying is these Um, mental, emotional defense mechanism habits Mm -hmm. that you think you are. Yeah. I just spoke about this the other day, actually on
0: my Instagram, because I'm sorry to cut you off. I, 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 sometimes there's like a little bit of lag and I can jump in and that's (laughs) fine. Totally fine. Uh, You know, I just spoke about this on my Instagram the other day because um, you know, I recently had surgery and I put on a few pounds and I haven't been working out as much. And I've been feeling really down about my body and really like, you know, giving myself that that headspace of like, look at what you did. And, I, and then this week, one day I, I was running around in my gym clothes and two women said to me, um, your, your butt looks really good. Like, are you, did you change your workouts or something? <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know, this is why I talk a lot about compliment revolutions, right? Like mm-hmm. we need to compliment each other more and not only compliment each other more but accept the compliments more because if you can actually say to somebody, "Well, thank you. I'm so glad that you think my butt looks good." instead of, "Oh no, 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 you don't understand. I put on weight and da da da." da. because now you're denying them of the love that they're trying to give you. And you're still exactly. denying the reality. The reality is if they see that, then that is the truth. And so now I allow myself to say, okay, well, maybe I need to back off hating myself so much right now and accept that as the truth. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And that's something that we can practice every single day in our lives.
1: Exactly. And you know, one thing that we do at in the witness is one practice that's probably the most powerful potent practice of all where I don't like always saying this because sometimes women would never show up, but it's, you're being witnessed by about eight women. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not saying anything. It's very about presence and putting you in a, in a open space. And I ask them not to say thank you or not to smile or not to do anything back. You're just receiving it because yeah, when we're out there, even if we are receiving it, we've been taught. Well, you've got to say thank you. You've got to <laughs> smile. And I know my face. Like my face is what deflects. I've I've tra- I've trained myself now that I will say thank you. I've <laughs> trained myself now that I won't push it back in their face if they appreciate me. But I I had to train myself that when someone was giving it, I would be like we can't see me, but I'd be over smiling and like, Oh, thanks so much, Jen, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'd be I pop right out of my body, right out of my body forward, like pushing it back on you with my thank you. So, you know, it's, there's lots of kinks for women to really receive. And if they can't receive attention without their body freaking out, good luck creating a bigger business. Good luck having an exceptional relationship. Good luck with everything because it comes from that place. Like are you self-conscious? Are you deflecting? Are you in your body and present? Mm. I speak a lot. So I I related a lot to speaking on stages or um, having people not so happy with what I'm saying, you know, conflict. And it's like, can I stay home, Mm. no matter what. And that's taken like 10 years. It's not an overnight thing, but it's so worth the training Mm. because it's always going to stop you. I had someone just share the other, uh, probably a couple of months ago that, you know, you're, you're plateauing in your business right now. They were telling me this, you're plateauing in your business right now with how many women that you can reach because your energy system is like it couldn't handle more Mm. because you're still like using your will and using your like, yes, we can do this. And so, you know, an art of feminine presence event is for people to know is usually about a 100 to 180 people in the room. So it's a lot of energy going. Mm, mm -hmm. And once I did more of the practices focused on where I'm giving my energy away, the following event well, we had about 250 people in the room and our sales of like our program was almost double Mm. what it was. I mean, so everything's energy. I know you believe that like it starts from there. And yes, it's a little more than just thinking positive and doing your shadow work and (laughs) smiling. It's like, like what's actually going on energetically.
0: Yeah. And for that, it requires, like you say, an extreme amount of presence. And that's something I think, especially women struggle with when we're balancing so many things at the same time, we're so worried about everybody else's needs. We don't really connect with our own. That's very common. Yeah. Very common. So when you talk about um, being seen, let's talk about that a little bit because, um, you know, I think that a lot of women ride the line between wanting to be seen and the fear of being seen. I also see that in my work where people come in and they're ready to, you know, um, undress, but they're terrified, but they're like, I think I'm ready. You know, it's a a quandary about being seen and a fear of being seen. So can you speak a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I think that it is... Ancestral, I think it's generational. I think I really do believe in the energetic patterns that are passed down from generation to generation. If so, whether
0: historical, it's historical, as I say,
1: yes, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> So, you know, for me, I grew up in Australia, which has the tall poppy syndrome, which basically means if you are a poppy that grows taller than another, we're going to just find a really funny, sarcastic way to cut you down pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Like you've got to be super modest there and do not brag. And so I always joke, like, what did I do to get over my fear of shining and being big? Well, I moved to America, right? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone here seems to have a bit of an easier time going, hey, here's right. me and here's my star Even the people that shouldn't. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that was actually very healing. I'm very, very grateful to now live in Colorado and we travel to Australia a couple of times a year for the for the work. Um, but yeah, that, that's sort of the cultural story and, you know, when I look back at my My parents and my grandparents, and then you don't have to go further back than that because you can imagine it was not safe, yeah, for a woman to be seen mm. so we're dealing with that, even if you 've come in you've had amazing parents which I had, and um no traumas like it's still in us as women that mm. judgment will come, conflict will come all of these things that are not super easy for us to deal with. And so with art of feminine presence, it's anchoring them to a place where they're not rattled so much. Like mm. if that can happen, then they've got a chance for the self-consciousness, ego dynamic that comes out when they're shooting, you know, when you, they're getting photographs or speaking, The the ego dynamic is the, Thing that pops out of their body and turns and looks back at them and says, "How are you looking? Are you looking okay? Mm-hmm. Are you doing fine? No, you're not. Yes, you are. My butt's too big. My butt's too small." Right. And like, by
0: the way, this is like you can see this happening in a woman's expression. Like when I'm oh, photographing yes. her and all of a sudden she sort of glazes over, yes. and it's like I always say there's like a billboard on your forehead, and I say, "What's going on in the mind right now?" And they're like, yes. "How did you know?" I'm like, "Well, first of all, I've been doing this for 11 years. You think you're special? Yeah. Everybody, everybody does it. Number one." number two i see it it's coming across in your expression it's coming across in your body and your energy and and it it does it changes and this is why i say what i do is also an exchange of energy because i learned from that too so i know now like even as you're saying it i'm thinking to myself oh you know all those times i'm beating myself up over my body i'm doing exactly the same thing And it's changing my energy and the people that are attracted to me and the things that are going on around me.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's use the the photography as an example. You know, what are the practices that a woman can do before she shows up during the session to keep her anchored in, you know, what I call home, Mm. her vertical core, her womb space, the boundary of her light globe and on and on. I mean, there's lots of practices that we do. Actually, one of my best friends is a photographer Mm -hmm. who gets, um, he gets them all to do uh, Mm -hmm. just a few videos, at least of Mm -hmm. my AFP practices before they come in and shoot. And it's because it's just a knee jerk reaction Mm -hmm. for image and for self-consciousness, then blow it up. and, And I say, well, now it's not just a camera, but let me see how you do if I get you on my stage and there's 150 people in front of you and I say, what do you do? Mm. The body starts to shrink Mm. um, or those who seem like I'm confident, they put on a forced sense of confidence so it doesn't feel authentic, Mm -hmm. it's a bit of a performance and we're trying to find where is presence because Mm. presence is not performance and it's not self-consciousness, it's life force, unkinked there. It's present. It's alive and there's nothing cutting it off. And to get into that place, you've got to be extremely present and then link that like 45 minute speech all the way through. Mm. And the only way I can do that these days is I have three or four practices. I'm like every two minutes Mm. while I'm speaking, I'm asking and I'm doing, no one knows it. Mm -hmm. Except when I get off stage, they're like that. You have so much presence. Like I have never experienced a speech Mm -hmm. like that. And I'm inside going, it's not because I'm awesome. I was terrible. (laughs) About 15 years ago, I went to Toastmasters. I was so scared. Um, But that's another story. Um, But it's been a cultivation of Mm -hmm. no matter what happens, no matter who's yelling out the back. I had a heckler the other week that just the whole audience wanted to like Mm. Claw him, but I'm like, this is perfect. Like, five years ago, I would have been like, oh my god, how do I answer that in front of all these people? And here I am at the end of the speech, is you know, screwed up my ending, but it's actually the perfect ending because I'm not rattled, right? And to not be rattled in your life ever, not saying that it's ever, but it's like 99% true for me now, where a few years ago, 70%. Few years before that, fifty percent, and ten years ago, <laughs> every day, right, right. rattled by something,
0: yeah, and that's not a way to live either. That's not, no. you know, you can't make proper decisions when you're in that headspace, and you, you know, you mm-hmm. you can't be in touch with what you want. So let's talk a little bit about um, the spiritual awakening that comes along with this journey. Uh, yes. I would imagine that there is one, just by the things that you're speaking about, and yes. I know that spirituality is a tough word. Um, I consider myself a very spiritual person. And then there are days and months and sometimes years that go by that I don't meditate and I don't, uh, you know, thank the universe and I don't, you know, do but I still consider myself spiritual. Yes. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about that, about a spiritual awakening? Cause I think that in itself, mm-hmm. I would imagine some women are like, yes, I need that. And other women might read that in your description of your course and go,
1: Ugh. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it definitely isn't for everyone. I mean, (laughs) like spirituality to me is not religion. I grew up Christian, and I I believe in that way. And then I started studying other traditions and realizing there's more similarities than differences. And then became started becoming a meditator. Not every day. I wish I was like that, but I could. You know, I just like go in and out of it. Um, and a few years ago, after doing these AFP practices for a while, um, of course, the presence, like being in the moment with no kink or no mental process, then trying to run what was going on, things were getting quieter in my mind, but still, you know, the inner critic and all of those things, I should do this, I should do that with it, but it was starting to quiet um and then there is a meditation, a movement meditation that we do in a f p which a lot of women say that was the easiest way to meditate because it's not like you're sitting there mm-hmm. in sort of a yang mode, like yeah. uh, it's to music, so it 's very sensual and beautiful, and it would take me and actually, women have been trying to get to what would you say aI am no one, I am no thing, I am in no place place very quickly Mm -hmm. like they've been trying to do that for 10 years of meditation and within one or two times it's there but spiritual awakening in that context not religious is awareness behind your witness you know the part of you that's oh I see how I'm doing that I see how I'm doing that that's a great step back which Mm. is personal development right we can see that but it's the awareness behind that. Mm -hmm. And it's when awareness behind that wakes up to itself. Mm -hmm. And for it to wake up to itself, it does have to, there's got to be a losing of you. Mm -hmm. And I have heard many spiritual gurus over the times go, you've got to lose yourself. You've got to surrender yourself. You've got, you're no one. And I didn't quite know what it meant until I went through the experience and it held like, I actually am not Rachel Jane. Mm. I'm not RJ. And before that, I was like, what the hell does that really mean? (laughs) You know, like I'm sitting here, I am RJ. Um, But it it happened actually on a, on a retreat that I was leading and then I was doing back to back other two AFP. So I was in it for an elongated period of time, and the mind just went. Mm-hmm. It was silent, and it stayed silent. And it mm-hmm. was a. It was probably the most powerful thing in my life, and it will probably be forever. Um, because of the liberation emotionally Mm -hmm. and mentally that is. But it isn't for anyone because people are like, no, I like my life how it is. And when you surrender, you don't know what's on the other side. Right. Well, and I would also
0: uh, argue the point, like, do you really love your life the way it is? Because if you did, you wouldn't be
1: looking up a retreat to take to help change your life. Well, you know, I think that's true. I think that people are looking for a place to be able to see their why they've created the ongoing pain. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I look at about the four times where I had a huge catalyst of change, they were all during a retreat, Mm -hmm. not a seminar, like I'm writing things in binders and I'm trying to learn Mm -hmm. what I don't know, but a silent, meditative, internal, multi-day experience. Mm -hmm. They all happened either during that or right after it. And that told me okay i'm I'm wanting to go all the way through this eye of the needle this time mm-hmm. i'm I'm feeling pulled i I can feel I'm in the vicinity of it, and so I decided to go to a silent retreat again for seven days, um not from a place of like my life's terrible or there's something I'm not having. I was really happy, but spiritual awakening and really just having all of that burn off mm. is, is sort of that last frontier. And that's what occurred during, during. Ro- ro- right. Ro- and, and that's, again. you know, maybe what I said was a little harsh. I
0: am from New York, but that, <laughs> that's, but that's what <laughs> I, I mean. What mean. I mean, there's, if you're yeah. longing for something, you can be happy and still longing for something and still say, you know what, I can go deeper. I can, yeah. I can be more introspective. I can, uh, you know, have more out of this life, even though it's still good. Yeah. And then search for that. So, yeah. Well, I,
1: Yeah, go ahead. And, and spiritual awakening, the funny thing is most people are searching for it so they can get more out of life. Mm -hmm. And actually spiritual awakening is the doorway to there's nothing more. There's nothing there. Mm -hmm. So it's It's again, the the mind can't wrap itself around it fully, but it's like, no, you give it all up not you gain all this stuff just because you're like spiritually enlightened. You know? Yeah. Uh, so there's lots of seekers on the path that are having trouble because exactly of what you're saying. It's like, mm. Oh, I need, I need something else. I need something else. Yeah. So true.
0: Um, You know, it's funny. I went to a meditation retreat uh back in June and one of the meditations that he had us do was um we had to do a walking meditation and I just, I don't know what it was when he was talking about it. He's like, we're going to walk around in silence for 20 minutes. And I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be the longest 20 minutes of my life. (laughs) I don't want to do this. Like I'm not in everything about it made me uncomfortable. And I don't really know why, but I was like, this is going to be ridiculous. So we ended up going outside. It was a hot day. We took off our shoes and socks and we walked on the asphalt and just really slowly, right, left, right, left. And I have to tell you in like, a minute and a half, I was like, this is the best thing I've ever done in my whole life. Just yeah. to be able to feel the, the uh, just to feel the heat, the, the stone, the, you know, the pavement, whatever it was under my feet, whether it was a good feeling, a bad feeling or otherwise was so amazing. It, it really is such a good practice to remind yourself like how much is going on around you that you're not aware of because you're not present. And I'm, exactly. I'm listen, I'm guilty of that 1000%. I am, like in the height of my busy season right now, I don't know what's upright left or down and it's horrible. And there's, I can, I feel like there's things going on around me that I'm missing because I'm so in this other place. Yes. So, you know, you talked about that moving meditation and I, it was something like, cause I know some people yes. will hear that and go, Oh, uh. it was yes. the best thing I've ever done.
1: Uh, I mean, that's a big call. when you say that's the best thing I've ever done. Can you just tell me why, why do you think it was, it works so well for you?
0: Um, I'll tell you why. I'm a very active person in mind and body. And I think that um, being able to move while I meditate took away a lot of that, like, oh, my shoulder's itching. Oh, my leg hurts. And, you know, like it took away a lot of those distractions, number one. Um, Number two, it gave my body freedom. You know, yes. um, I, I like freedom. <laughs> I don't yes. like being told what to do. I don't yes. like being told you have to sit there. You have to, you know, I like the freedom. And I think because I had the freedom, that yes. level of thinking about all of those things went away and it was able to free my mind for other things.
1: Yes. And I love how you say the feet, you know, like the feet are the furthest exactly. thing from the head bubble. Mm-hmm. And with our work, it's like getting women out of the head bubble, which is not inside their head. But outside, and there is no way to stop that incessant, you know, mm-hmm. time, until you are have a level of embodiment. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm doing yoga or I'm I'm working out, like actually living, mm-hmm. sensing yourself from the inside. And that's what you did. You yeah. sensed your feet from the inside, and then bam, you're there.
0: Yeah. And
1: to string to string those moments. And together. this will sort
0: of tie together. My next question is: I'm just curious for my own um, my own curiosity. And I'm sure other people out there will be thinking of it as well. Um, you know, I am a breast cancer survivor, and I've had a mastectomy and uh, reconstruction. And I think part mm-hmm. of what I loved about that meditation so much was that. For the first time in a long time, I was thinking about another part of my body <laughs> besides my breasts and my yes. ovaries and all of that. So it took yes. me out of – it almost took me out of the feminine space, <laughs> which I needed, uh, and to ground me a little bit more. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you work with women that um, are cancer survivors or, or you know, of feminine cancers or, or female yes. cancers. Or yes. of any other sort of traumas that women have. All
1: the time, yeah. all the time.
0: Like this is a conversation um, that I have. I have a group on Facebook for breast cancer patients, survivors. Yes. Uh, survivors. And one of the things we talk about a lot is like redefining your femininity and how do you do that? How do you for yes. it? And it's a problem.
1: <laughs> you know, yes. it's
0: very hard for us. It's easy for somebody from the outside to look at any of us and go, oh, you're beautiful and you're healthy and you're, you know, your yes. figure is great. But on the inside, that, that femininity is, uh, has been robbed, you know? And so um, it's something that we definitely struggle with. I think more so than women that have not had that experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I actually have a friend going through it right now. She just had um, ovaries and hysterectomy and Mm -hmm. all of that. And um, she said similar thing. Like, I feel like I've in a way been robbed and It's, it's being able to see the cultural overlay Mm -hmm. to what's actually true Mm. and there's nothing that's been robbed.
0: Yeah. Even as you're saying it, it's making me emotional. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. yeah, It's um, because I know it's a belief system.
1: Yeah. So just breathe into that. And I know other women, whether it's breast cancer, hysterectomy, a trauma, that nothing has been robbed. Mm. Nothing has been robbed. Um, We do. Womb space practice a lot where we're learning to sense how we walk around the world, sensing from our womb space, and a lot of women who've had their womb removed feel like, Oh my gosh, how how can I do this? but it's the energetic space that's there that's mm. the feminine, not the actual tissues and right you know organ like how is that feminine right but but it's been told to us that it is mm. and We don't really want to stay in these parts of our bodies because we have trauma, Mm -hmm. whether it was what you went through or sexual abuse or just someone who looked really icky staring at you when Mm -hmm. you were 16 and you didn't really want it. Like Mm -hmm. there's all of these things that when we're up to that keeps, they try to go in and like pop out, pop out, pop out all day long. And what would it be like to really have the experience for a few days to just say, I'm staying in, I'm staying in, I'm mm. staying in, I'm staying not in a not in a sort of meditative. like you gotta sit there and your your hair's itchy and you're like you can't move, like yeah. but but we can feel the flow of that, but you're staying in, you're staying in, you're staying in. It is mm. a huge piece, I think, that's happening with women now that we've done a lot of work, we've done a lot of yes, we can do anything. But it's sort of been upgrading the ego in a way, still like upgrading this. Like, oh, I've just got to feel better about myself. Um, but when that like drops in and drops down, like I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, mm-hmm. then we know the truth, nothing's been robbed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I said to my friend with a hysterectomy, I said, No there's just more space now mm-hmm. and it dropped in for her like oh my god I never thought about that but it just came to me like there's more space mm-hmm. there's more health there's more freedom there's and you just could see it on her face not from like you've got to like you know what do you what what do people do when they um just turn it around they sort of I don't know make it like oh it's okay it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine right, not, right. not that sort of thing yeah but just really what's actually occurring. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. But yeah, I think, I think most women have had trauma for me. It was a back injury. I had a back Mm. bad back injury and I was out for a few years. So it was always like, my life's going to be cut at any point. Mm -hmm. Everything was going well. I just started dating my husband life was going well. And then bam, I got stuck overseas for two, three months. I couldn't even sit to fly home. I was Mm. in bed for a couple of years. It was traumatic. Mm -hmm. And how do you sort of trust your body again
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and trust life? Yeah. The trusting of the body is a very
0: interesting one. I think that, yes. and I've talked about it on the show before that I, you know, I've suffered miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies. And I mean, yes. you name it, I'm like, what is going on with this body of mine, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, and it's a very helpless feeling at times when your body yes. betrays you. So it's also coming yes. to terms with, okay, we're now rebuilding this body in, in a lot of different ways, mentally, physically, yes. And what do do we want it to look like and feel like and feel in it because it is, uh, it does feel foreign at times.
1: Yes. And then we have like all the other things we've got going on. Because what stops you from going outside on some asphalt every day?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> right can now go- the cold, but, yeah, I mean, but <laughs> know, listen, there, it doesn't have to be the asphalt. It could be walking around on a carpet. It could be yeah. anything, but yeah, it is. What does that,
1: stop you from doing that?
0: Um, you know, my first instinct is to say time, but I know that that's baloney because we can all make five minutes a day, you know, to do something like that. I do think, yeah. I do think it is the facing it facing the stuff that comes up it's easier at times to just mm-hmm. say not now I don't have time to deal with that now I'm busy but the truth yes. is the times
1: you need it the most right <laughs> exactly I think those two are, are big you know I, I was the same when I was like oh why why do I not xyz it would always be time I'm a busy lady it's like oh, I've got got stuff to do and i had to realize my belief around time mm-hmm. um now on the other side of this is like time bending is amazing mm. but um but yeah i've got if we're going to be still even if we're walking and still the mind we we then automatically connect to our life force mm-hmm. And that's scary for most women. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I really connect to that, who do I have to say no to? Mm-hmm. What do I have to stop? Who do I have to push away? Who do, who might I outgrow? Mm-hmm. Um, on and on and on. So but let's by not the way, it.
0: But by the way, let me tell you, cancer is a very uh, quick remedy for all of those things. <laughs> <You have laughs> and all of a sudden you're like, no, I don't need this person in my life. And I'm going to say no to that. And, and that exactly. happens exactly right automatically. So I shouldn't, it shouldn't be something that I fear because I've already done it so much in my life. And I, I do find when I'm in that silence, even if it is one minute a day the ideas and the thoughts and the the freedom that comes with that is great. So when we hang up, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to, my my life because I do love it when I do it. I love it. Yeah. I appreciate you taking so much time with us today and sharing your experience with your, um, your experience and, and with your clients. And I want you to be able to tell everybody where they can find you.
1: Yeah, fully expressed now.com is the best place to go because I have a three-part free training where you'll see my face and we'll go over some of these early practices in Art of Feminine Presence so you can get a sense of like what is what is she talking about? What practices are these and I want to start and they, they they'll start simple and I think they'll help for sure. Even if you're not like into meditation or spiritual awakening or whatever, you just want to feel more confident, fully express now.com is where you'll get that free training. It's a good few hours. So you can take, just watch 10 minutes or 30 minutes, or if you really love it, you can watch, you can watch me for hours. And then once that goes, um, you'll have a good sense of whether you'd like to join us for an in-person experience, because that's really where the magic happens. Uh, it's like, You can't sort of escape, but it's the most safest, compassionate, awesome group of women that tend to come into this world. So yeah, and people can always reach out to, uh, to me. I'm on all the platforms and direct message me. I'd love to know what you thought of this interview, but Fully Express Now is the place to go.
0: Great. And the links for your YouTube, Instagram... Facebook, all that will be in the show notes as well. So everybody can find you there. Thank you so much for taking time with us today. I appreciate it. You're
1: welcome, Jen. Thank you so much. And for all that you're doing for women and have fun uh, on your carpet.
0: Thank you. (laughs) And for you guys out there that are listening today, if you love this podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star review um, and, you know, dropping a little love note for us so that other people can find the podcast as well and we can help women all around the world, I would appreciate it. And I appreciate you as always for listening and supporting. Have a great day, everybody.